Um, Roman, are you ready? Yes. Um, so, uh, one, first of all, um, Roman, thank you very much uh, for having me on, but I really want to thank you for all of the work that you do for uh, the entrepreneurship committee uh, or community. Uh, you're a great resource and, and a mentor, so thank you, first. My pleasure. It's been an honor to work with entrepreneurs for so many years at such scale. So let me introduce you to our audience here. Roman Kikta is our guest today. Um, normally we would have started with him, but WebEx has created a lot of disruption today. We need to report this to WebEx customer support, technical support. Uh, Roman is the managing partner and founder of Mobility Ventures. Roman, welcome to the show. Let's get acquainted. Well, again, thank you. So um, let me start off by saying thank you to the entrepreneurs that are listening in today. Um, I really want you to know that I and the venture capital uh, community really appreciates you. The sacrifices that you have made, the dedication, your passion, and perseverance in the pursuit of your dreams of creating startups that are changing our world, um, thank you. Uh, you give us purpose. And I think without um, entrepreneurs, um, I would have nothing to do. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> so um, tell us a bit about your background, Roman, and tell, tell us about Mobility Ventures. What are you trying to do? What is the investment thesis? Sure. So, you know, my own background, um, I've been in industry for quite a long time. I've gone through various cycles. I've been in wireless, um, you know, since the, the 90s. Um, I consider myself to be a uh, first and foremost an anthropologist um, before I am a technologist. So I, I really, everything that I do is always grounded in understanding how people live their lives in their environments and the tools that they need for increased productivity or just overall enjoyment. And taking that thesis in mind, um, you know, we focus at Mobility Ventures on emerging companies, um, you know, across the wireless and uh, mobile internet uh, ecosystems. We invest in uh, AI, heavily into AI, data sciences, um, digital media, uh, e-commerce, um, software uh, solutions, you know, such as uh, location-based services, applications, and so on. Um, our typical investment in a seed stage is anywhere from $100,000 to up to $4 million over the life of the company. Um, mm -hmm. We are a hands-on a value-added investor, and uh, we're looking to work with entrepreneurs to help build enduring uh, significant uh, companies that are going to dominate these, their space. Roman, what is the um, size of the fund? Yeah, so we have uh, uh, working capital of up to $200 million, and we are a little bit different from other VC funds in that in our latest fund, we have pulled together all of our own money uh, to, to fund the, uh, uh, the working capital for, uh, for our investments. 
So, so that's a little bit different. We had institutional uh, capital in the past, but we found that to be a little bit limiting. Um, we look at opportunities globally. So, uh, you know. So, uh, hang on, studying. hang on, hang on. Let's try to understand what is the differentiation. This is what we do in these interviews: is we look at differentiated ideas and, uh, you know, how people are innovating even on the venture capital side. So. The $200 million is your personal capital, your and your partner's personal capital? Right. It, it, is, it, it is our pooled um, capital. And what this does, this does not, as you know, a lot of the uh, fund um, uh, documents sort of limit you to where you can invest by geography. They limit you uh, in the types of investment that you've made because you know, you've pretty much um, brought in limited partners who have agreed to participate based on certain criteria. An investment, and, sure, absolutely. Yeah, so if you deviate from that plan, um, you know, you're basically breaching some of the covenants. So, for example, um, you know, in the past, we were not able to make investments um, outside of North America. And to us, that was quite limiting because um, as we all know that there's great ideas, great innovation, and great entrepreneurs, um, you know, that are, that are basically creating companies all over the world. So mm -hmm. innovation and entrepreneurship are not exclusive to Silicon Valley, uh, as an example. So we are quite open to, uh, you know, seeking out these opportunities, whether they're in Israel, whether they're in Europe. Um, you know, I have a company, uh, a couple of great companies, uh, Indoor Atlas out of uh, Helsinki, Finland, uh, which does indoor mapping and navigation using the Earth's magnetic fields. Um, mm -hmm. and they're giving you... Where uh, are you located, Roman? Yes. Where are you located? Uh, I am based in Dallas, Texas, but we are a... Uh, distributed globally, um, you know, I have partners in Barcelona, uh, the UK, um, partners also in Taiwan, Hong Kong, uh, and in uh, uh, Latin America, in Sao Paulo. So, so how many partners are, how many, hang on, how many partners are bringing in this $200 million of um, working capital? It sounds like all of them are actually general partners in your fund? Well, uh, with our fund structure, uh, you know, we have uh, uh, approximately a dozen. And, you know, they're, they're coming in, um, you know, at different levels. Um, but um, everything that we invest in, you know, we invest as a, as a, as, as a team. Um, and, uh, you know... And what is the source of the capital? What, what industry has have your... Um, partners made money in where is is it all wireless is that why it's mobility ventures uh, well uh, they've actually made money on uh, we've all made money um, in, in wireless um, in fiber networks um, in the telecom sector as well as um, if you go back to the dot-com era uh, you know uh, 20 years ago um, so that's where um, a lot of the the capital came from uh, the individuals. Okay, and um, and is the 
current investment thesis, does that have anything to do with wireless and mobility? Is that why you well, named the company? It does, because what we see is that mobility really is more about that dynamic lifestyle. And, um, you know, it's just more than, than networks and applications. It's, you know, right now, if, if, if a company doesn't have a mobile uh, or a mobile strategy, I don't think they have a future. Um, okay. This is about connectivity, being connected, always connected. And whether, you know, we're looking at some great strides that are taking place right now in the um, uh, healthcare sector, you know, with, especially now with the uh, pandemic, um, you know, everything is now being collect, uh, connected uh, online virtually. And we're part of that ecosystem. We believe that innovation uh, so you are, your your uh, your thesis is mobility and connectedness, but your uh, that's the industry focus or the business focus. But you you want to be geographically diverse. What about B two B versus B two C? Do you do one or the other or both? Uh, you know, primarily we focus on B2B companies, but um, as you know, a lot of the B2B companies also have uh, applicability to B2C. So, um, you know, our primary focus is on the B2B, but again, uh, they do have crossover. Uh, to give you an okay. example, uh, one of the, the companies that I'm very bullish in and I'm actually uh, running is called Phenometrics, and we're an AI company that decodes uh, humans, uh, the genetic personality, character traits, uh, behaviors, uh, which we decode strictly from their appearance. So everything yeah. about an individual is genetic code. Um, you know, we're serving a variety of industry, everything from online dating to executive search and recruitment, but we're also coming up with a component where we're able to touch the end consumer directly as well. I see. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, so uh, Roman, I'm gonna ask you the stage question. Um, as I'm sure you're watching the fragmentation that's happening in the early stage ecosystem, um, it's no longer just seed and series A, it's the seed part has really fragmented to you know, friends and family, pre-seed, seed, post-seed, pre-series A, small series A, large series A. In that continuum, where do you play and what do you want to see in the earliest stage that you are willing to come into a deal? What do you want to see by way of proof points? Well, so, you know, our model, since um, every member, every partner, um, of uh, Mobility Ventures comes from industry. Um, you know, we're, we're all entrepreneurs, um, we're all corporate guys, we're, we're all people that understand the marketplace. So we bring a, a slightly uh, different perspective um, as a financier, not just from um, as a source of capital, but really as company builders. By having okay. that insight, um, we have slightly different perspectives. We, we know and we don't get involved in, in an opportunity unless we know what the end game is. Uh, we know the industry, we know the marketplace, we have a, a, a global ecosystem that will vet 
um, an opportunity globally. It's not just about something that will work in the United States. Um, it's got to work on a global scale. So we focus on things where we understand and where we can add value. And I believe it's really imperative that entrepreneurs today choose their investors wisely. You need more than capital. You really need to have a value-added investor. I mean, you do this yourself. You provide tremendous amount of insight and perspective to, um, you know, to entrepreneurs. And that's because you understand um, the challenges that they're faced with. You understand the market. Um, so we do the same thing. Uh, we believe that you have to bring uh, additional value than just capital. Yeah. Well, we, we stress a lot on just like entrepreneurs are looking for product market fit, we want them to also find investor entrepreneur fit. In any case, investor entrepreneur fit needs to happen for a deal to happen. And, uh, you know, so that has all these different – the reason I'm asking you all these questions about stage and geography and styles of companies, et cetera, that all that is relevant to getting to investor entrepreneur fit. And then there is this additional, you know, what we call unfair advantage. If you can, as an entrepreneur, if you can connect with an investor who also has an unfair advantage in the domain that you're working on, that's a multiplier, that doesn't happen always, but it's a multiplier if it happens. It, it, it is. It is. You know, um, you know, you have a great platform for entrepreneurs. Um, you know, there are great platforms all over the world. Um, I, uh, I participate um, and have for, you know, for, for several years, um, you know, in an uh, event called Slush that takes place in Helsinki every November. And this year, unfortunately, it's um, not taking place because of COVID. But, again, yeah. it's, a, uh, it's an event that attracts, you know, 20,000 people. You know, you have uh, a couple thousand VCs from all over the world, and you have thousands of startups. Uh, you know, from not only from Europe, but from Africa, from uh, from Russia, uh, some also from uh, the United States. But there are a lot of events like that that um, become extremely useful to VCs in, in sourcing, um, you know, some of these uh, new opportunities, especially disruptive uh, technologies. But it's also a place for collaboration. And... Um, I, I know with your platform, you have a great platform that, you know, pr promotes that collaboration. And I, and I believe that when you have entrepreneurs that come together, uh, sometimes great things happen. So, um, Roman, next question <laughs> um, is really around, uh, you know, further double-clicking down on the entrepreneur-investor fit question around stage. Um, so to write a $100,000 check, not a $4 million check, to write a $100,000 check, what do you want to see in that company? Do you want a product already built? Do you want customers? Do you want paying customers? What is the minimum that you need to see? Well, you know, it, it's, it's a couple of things. It's about the value proposition that's created by the entrepreneur. Um, have they done their um, homework? Um, do they know what that value proposition is? Um, yeah. 
role will they play in the marketplace? How good are they? How conscientious are they? Um, you know, it's not enough to have a great vision. It's also about execution. So we really look at the individuals. Uh, we look at the, uh, the overall uh, viability of that vision. Obviously, we do a lot of uh, market validation. We know who to call, um, who to talk to, to see how uh, this opportunity would be placed uh, in the marketplace. You know, it's, it's all about understanding that, that ecosystem. Um, you know, when you're investing $100,000, you know, I make those bets to see, um, you know, can this happen? Um, so it's always are, a risk let me, reward. Let me but, see if I understand this correctly. You, you want to understand the investment thesis of the entrepreneur. You want to understand the ecosystem. You want to understand why this company thinks that it can win based on yeah. a certain value proposition and a certain competitive landscape. But you don't necessarily. I'm not hearing you say that you want to see the product ready, and you want don't want to. See, you don't. You're not necessarily asking for um, paying customers. Is that correct? Well, that, that's correct because look, if you're at a seed stage, and you know, I've backed um, over the years early on uh, with individuals that had nothing but a PowerPoint presentation, just a vision, mm -hmm. and we've helped yeah. build companies around them. Uh, you know. Uh, Indoor Atlas is a case in point. Um, Phenometrics is a case in point. You know, Indoor Atlas was a tech that came out of the University of Oulu in northern Finland, you know, created by a uh, research professor and his students. Um, we built a company around that, and we've done that many times over. Uh, but that's what we do. Other investors, um, have other uh, criteria. They want to see paying customers. They want to see the technology developed where, you know, they're not taking a technology development risk. Um, I do not take market risk. I do take uh, a tech development risk. That's because I... we're working with people that are looking to create disruption. And um, the market has to be there. I'm not looking for someone to create a disruptive technology that's looking for a marketplace. That's a yeah. real challenge. Um, yeah. So, I I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's a much solutions looking for problems are much harder to get through to um, you know scale. I think it's much better to start with solving a problem and then you know, working out how you're going to go to market first before building something. And that's kind of what we uh, practice here in 1 million by 1 million is uh, you really need to understand what market are you going after and, and how you're going to position. We focus a lot on positioning. Yes, absolutely. You know, the, the biggest so challenge... I sound like you're from Finland originally, yeah? Uh, no, uh, I'm actually American. I've, I've spent um, 25 years in, in Finland. I obviously spent a lot of time in Europe, but my own heritage is actually Eastern European. So uh, uh, Ukrainian, uh, Polish, uh, Czechoslovakian from that part of the world, and that's my heritage. So I, I speak the languages. Um, uh, you know, I work with the entrepreneurs in, in the region. Um, there's some brilliant people 
as there are all over the world. And um, what I'm looking for is actually to discover the next big thing. You know, we, we all strive for that. But, but I will tell you this, um, you know, everybody, as they say, uh, to use that American term, we want to hit a home run, to use a baseball analogy, uh, to get that 10x uh, return or more. But I will tell you, it's also good to get singles and doubles. Um, at the Which end is of the actually day, a great segue into my next question. Uh, you can get 10x returns without chasing unicorns. You can get singles and doubles. There are many ways of playing the venture capital game. How are you playing it? Are you chasing unicorns? Are you, you know, how are you thinking about your fund strategy? So, you know, obviously everybody wants to chase a unicorn, but what I've learned over the past 20 years of being an investor, uh, it's okay to, you know, double your money uh, and just walk away from a deal. Um, I've done that uh, a number of times where I was a seed investor in a company. And then yeah. for whatever reason, the, the strategy of the company changed, uh, the dynamics changed. You had other investors that came in and mm -hmm. started to uh, take the company in a different direction. So in, in subsequent rounds, I exited. And though I may have made, you know, uh, one, two, three times my money, um, yeah. I walked away and sometimes that was the right decision to do. Um, you know, down the road, that company, for whatever reason, direction and strategy they went, did not work out. Uh, or they took on so much capital that the early guys were so diluted because of the yeah. uh, liquidation preferences. Um, I was quite fortunate to you know, get that single or double and, and call it oh. a day. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. I agree with you. I, I think, uh, again, you know, the reason it's been so fascinating to, even in parallel with all our invest, uh, entrepreneur mentoring, we for many, many years now have this also as a forum for seed investors to come and share what they are doing and what they are looking for, and, and we've created this wonderful mix of, um, you know, mingling of people and, and their perspectives and what they're looking for and so forth. And it's helped us learn a lot about how investors are innovating on the on their uh, side. And, and this is one thing that is coming up a lot. You can actually, the truth is, you know, the bulk of the exits in our industry, in the technology industry, happens at the sub-$50 million range. So if you can build something capital efficient and exit under 50 million but still make money, that's actually, in, it falls probably in your, you know, singles and doubles and kind of range of returns, but that's an okay fund strategy as well. Or the other thing that we're hearing a lot these days is, you know, investors who play the early stage and then exit into a Series B or a Series C before huge amounts of funding comes in and drowns them in liquidation preferences and, and you know, preferences in general. So, so I think those are all perfectly fine innovations in the venture capital space. Uh, absolutely. I think you've uh, covered it quite well. Um, you know, the, the thing is it's, it's about always moving forward. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, make, making um, a little 
profit is better than losing a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, if everybody chased it, uh, unicorns, there, there aren't enough unicorns to chase. So you, you're going to have to find your own, uh, you know, positioning in this marketplace to see how you want to play the game. And, and, and that's, uh, that's what we are seeing, that people are being a lot more creative than they used to be earlier on in the history of venture capital. Now, now that the market is so much more crowded, there's so much more money, there's so many more firms that are playing on the investor side as well, they have to differentiate as well. Yes. Well, great. Roman, I'm so happy to connect with you, and I hope we will get to do some work together in, in upcoming months and years, beginning of a great relationship. No, no, thank you, Sraman. I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to, to chat with you. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed uh, your comments and perspectives that you were giving the entrepreneurs. So thank you. And I, I want to extend my best wishes for success um, to all the entrepreneurs out there. And again, thank you very much.